You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we come to you for another spoiler-free review of a blockbuster movie from this movie season. I might say summer, but for me it's not summer, but everyone knows what we're talking about when we say this summer. And we're into another sequel, another franchise instalment, because pretty much, let's be honest, all films are these days. It's Spider-Man! Far from home. It seems only like yesterday that we did all the Spider-Mans in the lead up to Homecoming, and here we are two years later, and we're doing the latest one and the latest MCU film. And as always, plenty to talk about. My name is Ben, and I love Led Zeppelin. <laughs> and my name is Colin, and my Colin Tingle is sensing. <laughs> Don't say Colin Tingle. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's been a while since you and I have been in one of these ones. I feel like all these reviews I've been doing have been with Mallory. So, uh, I can't remember what the last one you were it on. It might have been Shazam. Yeah. Yeah, I think Shazam and Captain Marvel back. That might have been the last time. Possibly. Uh, or Endgame. Did we do Endgame together? I can't remember. It's been a... It's, oh, that's right. I've seen a lot no, of movies. No, no, we, I don't even remember. <laughs> We've seen a lot of movies. Uh, and pretty much most of them haven't been very good this summer. But, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Um... It was a solid entry in the MCU. <laughs> it wasn't terrible. It wasn't brilliant. Um, there we go. Review done. I, I don't know. I, I, it's it's going to be tricky to talk a lot about this film because you just mentioned off air that, I mean, there's spoilers in this that really, I think the main ones probably come in the credits. <laughs> like it's yeah. the, the main sort of spoilery thing to talk about, I think for the most part, people have guessed anyway. So we're not going to still spoil it, but I mean, it's kind of, it's not one that really is like, oh my God, I wasn't expecting that. But so we're going to do our best that we can because I really wish we could talk about the credits because um, particularly mm-hmm. one, uh, <laughs> the most exciting part of the whole movie. But uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts on this movie? I mean, kind of like what you said, it's a solid entry. It's um, <laughs> it's entertaining. There's not one moment that's not entertaining. You know, it's pretty much your cookie-cutter, standard superhero movie. I mean, it doesn't have a lot of depth to it. it it's not quite as, um, uh, I guess, something you could be as emotionally invested in as Homecoming or The Amazing Spider-Man or Spider-Man 1 or 2. Uh, but, you know, when I finished watching this with my nephew this afternoon, uh, he's like, well, where was this rank in your Spider-Man movies? I'm like, I, I liked it more than Spider-Man 3 and Amazing Spider-Man 2. I don't know about <laughs> the others, but there's really nothing bad to say about it. I mean, in a year that has been just disappointment after disappointment, with the exception of maybe Shazam and Endgame, you know, we have another decent movie here. It's just, it's nothing groundbreaking. Yeah, that's a good point about the rankings. I didn't really even think about that. I, I mean, I would... You know, I like Spider-Man 3, so <laughs> I would probably put Spider-Man 3 above this, but I might rank oh. this above both the Amazing Spider-Mans if I had to. Um, I mean, it's a tricky one. This is kind of on par with the first Amazing Spider-Man, I would say. Um, but, I mean, if people don't sort of really know what this is about, I mean, it's uh, obviously the first one since Endgame. So, probably, if you haven't seen Endgame, maybe don't listen to this because we can sort of mention a few spoilery things because it's in the trailer and generally the rule is if it's in the trailer... And please don't message us like a week later and say we spoiled it for you. Like, I'm, I'm sorry that you're, that you're not able to avoid social media, all right? It controls your life, but like, just, just stop it. Um, so Tony Stark is dead. Uh, <laughs> so a lot of it is, is sort of the aftermath of Endgame and a lot of it around Peter Parker dealing with the, the death of Iron Man and, and his, I guess, um, teacher, his, uh, what do you call it? Um, mentor. Mentor, thank you. 
uh, Tony Stark. And uh, obviously, after everything that happened with Endgame, he's kind of just wanting some time off. So they're, they're off to go to um, Europe on a little holiday. And of course, a lot of shit happens while he's over there. We meet Mysterio, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, who I have to say was brilliant in this movie. Um, really enjoyed him. Uh, I, I mean, I've never not liked Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he's always been a great actor, but uh, just really, really good in this movie. Um, and kind of just him trying to avoid having to do superhero stuff while having a good old time on a on a holiday in Europe. It. I mean, it. I think this movie kind of fell more into the trap of just the generic. Like, have you ever seen the um, the Lizzie McGuire movie? <laughs> Do I look like somebody who's seen Lizzie McGuire? Uh, do I? Oh, I don't answer that question. Uh, I mean, Lizzie, yeah. Lizzie, Lizzie McGuire movie, you know, they go off on Europe on a holiday and it's, you know, all about her getting accidentally famous. But on the meantime, she just wants to like hang out with a friend and fall in love. Like, oh, you know, teenage dramas, you know, going to Europe and falling in love. <laughs> to me, it's just like the Lizzie McGuire movie with Spider-Man in it. <laughs> <laughs> just, just putting it out there. Um, because I guess the first... Like, Homecoming had a charm about it, and, you know, I, I rank that in my top 10 MCU films, and I think it, it does a really good job of balancing kind of, you know, Peter Parker and the neighbourhood Spider-Man and trying to join the Avengers, but I don't know, there was just something different about the fact that now he's an Avenger, that we've just had the, all this global catastrophe that's happened with Endgame and Infinity Wars and everything, and now we're just kind of back to going on a school trip and pursuing MJ, like... Did it feel a bit odd to you? Like, I felt like there needed to be a bigger sense of recovery after what happened in Endgame to just kind of having this type of film. Well, I think there is a very clear time jump from... Uh, in fact, I read a very long, very boring article today talking about the timeline of these movies and that it places Endgame is around November of 2018 or, or 2023, sorry, and that this would be like July. So we're looking at, you know, eight, nine months or whatever in betweens. Um, overall, I kind of agree with you. I think that what I was happy with was this had more of a connection because I remember after... Um, I think it was Age of Ultron after that came out. You know, Marvel has their their phases or whatever, and they said Age of Ultron is not technically the end of Phase 2. They said that Ant-Man would be the end of Phase 2 or something like that. And they're like, oh, when you see the movie, you'll understand why. And then you see the movie, you're like, well, <laughs> that has nothing to do with any of these other movies. And they said the same thing with this. You're like, well, how do you not end Phase 3 on Endgame? But when you see Far From Home, you get you know, the aftermath of it, it's still a basic part of the plot. I think where this suffers a little bit, it's the same way that I feel like um, Infinity War suffered following Homecoming, is that these movies were basically shot back to back, but because of how top secret they were, you know, you don't have the same people involved. You know, the Russo brothers weren't involved in Homecoming, and John Watts here is it wasn't involved in Infinity War or Endgame. So they end up having just loose mentions of things that happened in the other movie like i i mentioned in the infinity war review i was kind of annoyed that the only real character or personality we got out of peter parker was just referencing everything that came up as jokes in civil war because obviously they hadn't seen homecoming yet so it didn't even feel like it was the same character here i think that they did a little bit of a better job of connecting it but it does sort of feel like they made this movie maybe only only knowing loose details so it doesn't have that full connection because as much as they do talk about, well, it's been five years and that's a part of the plot. You know, some people have moved on, some people haven't. 
Um, the biggest issue is we're seeing these cities around the world that are not destroyed by Thanos mm. after three, five years at war or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I would have liked to have seen maybe some cities destroyed in <laughs> New York City especially. You would have thought it would have still been in recovery mode eight months later, whereas it just feels like nothing happened during that five years. That would be the biggest complaint. Yeah, and I think kind of a lot of the aftermath too of what do they call it? The blip. Uh, is kind of this whole five-year gap thing. And kind of, you get some of it explained, I guess, in terms of, like, the ages of the characters. I mean, you needed to address that, I think. It was kind of important to do that. But, like, you know, we had that in Endgame, that sort of brief moment there when, like, Captain America's in a a therapy session and kind of, you know, like, obviously different tones of movie. And, like, you know, this is a much more lighter tone of a movie than Endgame, but... I just feel it might be just a little bit skewed too more to the light side. And, and there's nothing against what you appreciate a Spider-Man film to be. It's no different to why I really like the Ant-Man movies because of that tone. But it's, I don't know, I just feel like with such the epic, you know, conclusion and everything that we had with Endgame that we essentially, in the opening credits, as soon as you hear Whitney Houston, it's almost done in a, like a, a not not necessarily a laughing stop, but you know what I mean? Like it's kind of just taken down a notch and go, oh, well, lol, these people died in Endgame, moving on. Like, it's, I don't know, I just well, feel you needed more of a, a, a serious tone of a recovery from what we had in Endgame. What I, what I do appreciate with this movie and the same with Homecoming is that it really embraces, you know, those teen comedies that have existed since, I guess, the 80s on, like The Breakfast Club and then you go into the 90s movies like Can't Hardly Wait and all that. Like, it really just feels like a classic teen movie. And that opening scene like you're talking about, it is told from the kid's point of view. And I guess you would have to remind yourself that um, these kids, most of them, weren't there for that five years. They just disappeared and came back one day and, hey, I guess some time has passed. I think the bigger issue I had, which is I don't know how many I t- people I talked to after Endgame who all said the same thing. It's like, so conveniently, every single one of Peter Parker's classmates all disappeared in the <laughs> blip. And this movie does identify one who didn't. And that it kind of becomes a little bit of a fun thing in the plot, I guess, uh, forming a bit of a love triangle that this one classmate didn't. It's like, hey, when we left, he was just this dorky kid. And now look at me, he's this big muscular guy. And now MJ's in love with this guy and everything. But that that made me think, okay, one of two things here. Either they knew this kid when he was, what, like 10 or 11 years old, and now he's their age and matured, or for whatever reason, during those five years off, did nobody go to school, and now this school is made up of 16-year-olds and 21-year-olds? Like, it's never explained in this. Yeah. I mean, isn't there like that joke or something they say at the beginning? We're like, oh, and they still made us restart the year, even though we'd been missing for five years or something like yeah. that. So, um, yeah, and look, it's obviously a lot more of a, a love story in terms of, you know, Peter Parker, MJ. Um, you know what I realized watching this film? And I never thought I'd say this. I actually miss MJ from the Sam Remy. Um, yeah. <laughs> because, like, I just cannot stand Zendaya. I just don't like her. And even her character in this film just feels... Because, like, she was so, like, quirky and kind of interesting in the first movie. And they kind of water that down to the point where it's, like, every now and then, like, oh, lol, I like death. And then all of a sudden, it's kind of like, oh, but I love you, Peter. Like, it's just, I feel like they've just gone too much down a certain path. And keep that character that you had from the first one, which, again, I wasn't a huge fan of, but I just don't like the actress. But it was still something different. It was kind of that twist of, like, oh, my God, she's MJ. Whereas now, it's just kind of like, we know she's MJ. And I kind of just expect her to be dangling from a bridge and just, ah, help me, 
Peter. <laughs> um, but I, I miss I miss Kirsten Dunst's MJ. What's going on? She's the worst character in all of Spider Man. <laughs> You know, I um I got home as soon as I finished watching this movie, and I put on the first you know Sam Raimi Spider Man movie, last and week I've been too, watching actually because Mallory had never seen it, so we finally watched. Oh, it. <laughs> did you just do one or did you do all three? Uh, we haven't and done. Please two, tell we me haven't she done saw two three yet. We've only done the first one, but yeah, she, she liked um, it. I just want to bring just a little bit of a sidebar here. I want to bring this up. I mean, I saw Spider Man into the Spider Verse a week or two ago. Mm. And, like, I absolutely loved it. Like, I would rank it up there ahead of most of the live-action Spider-Man movies. Like, it legitimately was one of the best superhero movies I've seen in a long time. Uh, But it opens with, like, this, you know, animated history of Spider-Man. It's like, so, this happened, and they're basically showing you animated versions of, like, the upside-down kiss, and then the train sequence of Doc Ock. And he's talking about, you know, I did this, I saved New York. And then they show the dancing thing with the emo (laughs) Peter Parker and they're like, yeah, there's some things we just don't want to talk about. And they just sort of end it there, which is great. But um, I did think there were a couple of moments that they had together later on in the movie where I, I, I did enjoy their chemistry together a little bit more. But you kind of helped me to realize what my issue was with her in this movie. And that is that it is a huge departure for the first time because I was, I was watching um, a lot of her scenes here and feeling like, man, she is just so wooden. It's like watching an actor who just has no personality and then i remember the first movie thinking like somehow that no personality thing worked and then it was the portrayal of the character like she said she was quirky in the first one she was a little bit of an antagonist she was making fun of people and here she just delivers lines and maybe it's just you know the writing isn't there for her on this one as well but like this mj is boring and and i think zendaya like her her acting delivery is not great. I think you need to give her character some personality because she probably is a very monotone, lacking personality actress. Because we recently watched – have you seen The Greatest Showman yeah, yet? Yeah, I like The Greatest Showman. It's a good movie. Oh. Oh, I mean I it's just a terrible say, movie. I shouldn't yeah, like that movie. I was just about to say, <laughs> Jamie and I finished this movie last night. They're like, boy, that's a really good soundtrack wrapped up in a really bad movie. But I felt the same way about her in that movie. Yeah, I'm like, but I agree. Is she an actress or did she just read lines? So it's just it was the wrong portrayal of the character. And I think that if they get back to a little bit of that, you know, darkness and quirkiness and mouthiness that she had the first time around, it would go a lot better. I think she's just one of those actresses which, to me, her fame eclipses her ability. And people get blinded by the fact that, oh, my God, it's huge stars and dire. This is going to be good. You know, it's like... um. Cara Delevingne or whatever her name is. It's like, oh my God, she's an incredibly beautiful model. Yeah. Let's give her some things to... And like, no one wants to tell her that she can't act. Um, it's like Jai Courtney. Like, stop it. Like, just... <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon, Terminator. It's never going to be a thing. <laughs> um, and it's the same with the guy who played Flash too. Like, he's just kind of tacked yeah. on in this movie. And like, they're just trying to pull the same lines in the first one. And it was funny in the first one, but... Like, there's, a, I mean, it's in the trailer, that bit where he's kind of like, oh, my God, I love Spider-Man, you know, I admire him. And then he's like, what's up, dog face, or whatever, to like, it's like, ah, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. you know, it's just. Well, uh. I mean, I found it a little bit annoying in the first one because the Flash Thompson character, you know, we saw it done. And in the comics, the same thing. He is a bully. And here it's like, well, this is almost the kid. That, he's picky on Peter, but he would be like the second dorkiest kid in the class. Mm-hmm. And I didn't love that. I don't mind it as much now having re-seen Homecoming. But in this movie as well, like, I don't know what his purpose was to the story other than let's just put more characters from the first one in there. You know, I loved the way that they did the Flash Thompson thing in the Amazing Spider-Man movies 
where he was a bully, but then he had that one moment where Peter loses it on him, and he's like, I'm sorry about your uncle or whatever. And then when he, you know, you, you he gets the thing at the end where it's like, oh, yeah, Spider-Man's my hero. Here, the whole thing with Flash just going Spider-Man's my hero, like, it's played for comic relief, but I don't feel like the jokes really land. And I'd say that across pretty much the entire movie, a lot of the humor wasn't quite as good. Tom Holland, amazing. Yeah. Every line he delivers, hilarious. But, like, Ned, who was hilarious in the first movie, I didn't find him as funny this time Agreed. around. Agreed. And then I felt the whole idea of tacking on, like, sure, you want to give another character in there, would they bring in Betty Brant from the comics? Do that. But we already have a not-MJ version of MJ, a not-Flash version of Flash. Do we need a not-Betty Brant version of Betty Brant? Just make this character named Cindy or something like that. Because we, we obviously, we're going to, you know, get to it in later movies, I'm sure. We're going to get to the Daily Bugle at some point, and we're going to get a proper Betty Brant. And now I just feel like this little side character they threw in there, which again... I didn't. I couldn't have cared less about. Just took up too much screen time here and wasted the potential of a great comic book character actually being used properly, which has not been done yet in like seven movies. And I also feel just. I mean, it's probably just really the the, the school crew because even we had extra stuff from the teachers, which just you yeah. know it was like wah wah, like ha ha. Yeah. Teachers <laughs> are in trouble. Then you just kind of had the. I don't want to say stereotypical angry black man because I'm not trying to portray it as just like it was a... But I don't know, like the, the the other teacher, like he just was there to just deliver like, oh, hell no, line, and then just kind of walked away. Like it's like, well, what was the point of him? Yeah. Like it just, it was kind of very well, odd. I, do you think, and I'm, I'm sounding critical because like I said, there wasn't one moment I didn't enjoy this movie. It's yeah. just there's certain things I enjoyed less than the first one and most of the supporting characters, that would be it. Do you think there's just too many characters in this movie? Because... Characters like Flash and MJ, they had less screen time the first time around, and we enjoyed them more, and now we have them having more screen time and enjoying them less, plus we have all these extra characters. And then there's the issue with Aunt May. Like, let's get Uh. to this, you know, because why can't they be consistent? Like, we complained with Civil War. Everybody complained. Aunt May should not be this glamorous woman like marissa tomei is too attractive to be the elderly aunt may and i understand they didn't want to make it an elderly aunt may but they still wanted to make her kind of a little bit frumpy so that when we had homecoming they frumped her up (laughs) and i liked the way they did it. they gave her like some bad clothes you know they didn't make her look elderly she still looked her age you know she still wasn't unattractive but they they made her look more like an aunt and now this time around she's even more glamorous than you know she is Marissa Tomei is when she's at the academy awards like where is the consistency here mm, yeah i agree i mean she's barely in it anyway but like I, I i would i did say some of the funny stuff i did find was around her and happy like i i liked that kind of stuff <laughs> but at the same time yeah i agree with you uh, i mean there's a scene there where she's like in these incredibly tight jeans and you know yeah. i mean <laughs> We're straight and this, men. This... We can't help but <laughs> glance at that part of the screen. Yeah, yeah. Not to mention, you know, a very form-fitting evening gown yes. <laughs> in one of the opening scenes of the movie. And, like, fine, if you want to go that route, do that. But we're coming off of Aunt May is too attractive to Aunt May is frumpy with these big, you know, Coke bottle glasses and, you know, the the, the bad 80s clothes to all of a sudden she's stylish again. Like, it, it doesn't feel like the same character. And to just clarify my equal opportunity perving, Tom Holland looks fantastic shirtless, all right? Like, he is, he's <laughs> ripped. So, you know, there's that as well. I mean, but outside of like those, like, again, I really enjoyed Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he was fantastic. I mean, oh, yeah. 
the act, I don't see. I find it interesting with like Mysterio because again, we can't really talk too much about the whole thing. But like, it's an interesting concept. But it felt a little bit Iron Man three to me. Um, just kind of with how yeah. it was done. Probably better. I mean, I love Guy Pearce, but, um, <laughs> you know, I think Jake Gyllenhaal Probably. just has a... He's got a very good way of delivering sort of the, the lines that he had. And so, kind of just such a great portrayal. And, like, he was very close to being Spider-Man, of course, too, in Spider-Man yeah. 2. So, he's kind of got connections to this universe. Um, I really appreciated uh, a weird appreciation that I like the fact that Colby Smulders had probably her biggest role in any of the MCU films. And I think, like... I always was, like, a bit odd with, like, Robin from How I Met Your Mother being, like, this character. But I don't know. She's. I really like the fact that they gave her a little bit more to do with in this film. Um, you know, Samuel L. Jackson is always Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, a little bit different, but there's a reason behind that. Um, and even John Favreau, who just... I mean, can we just point out that they keep playing to death the fucking trailer for The Lion King? <laughs> um, yeah. I li- Did you get that, too? I like you this week, John. Um, in two weeks' time, I'm going to be bagging <laughs> the shit out of you, all right? I can just see it. Um, but I mean, I think kind of a lot of these adult characters were, you know, were great. Um, but yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal, I mean, how would you rank him up there with some of the other MCU villains? Cause I mean, we are really on a bit of a good streak, aren't we currently with MCU villains? Yeah. And we were, well, if you don't count Captain Marvel, where, who, who knows the what wasp. the villain was. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, <laughs> but I mean, Marvel, even the Marvel fanboys have, you know, admitted for a long time they struggle with their villains. And part of it is that I feel like they've always softened their villains too much. The Spider-Man movies were guilty of that. Like even the Sony Spider-Man movies, guilty of that too much. You know, before we saw the movie, my nephew was asking, you know, you're excited for Mysterio? I'm like, I'm excited if we get a real villain because, well, we got real villains in Spider-Man before. I'm like, Green Goblin may have been the last one. And I love Doc Ock, but, like, we didn't need Doc Ock to be softened and have a heroic ending. We didn't need the same thing for Sandman. We didn't need the same thing for Lizard. We didn't need the same thing with uh, Electro. I and, and Vulture, even, to a certain degree. I just want a clear-cut villain. You know, we're not going to give away too much, but there is, like you said, a swerve in this movie where, you know, you think Mysterio is one thing and then he becomes something different. I just want to clearly state the first half of this movie, I'm like... This is not anywhere near the Mysterio from the comics other than he looks the same and he has the name Mysterio. It was a complete departure where it's like I can see a lot of fanboys getting upset with this portrayal. Halfway through the movie, something happens. You realize, okay, well, it's closer. And trust me, even by me saying that, you still have no way of guessing the way they handle this. But they do a better job of recovering. But it is very Iron Man 3 the way you said. Uh, not, (laughs) Not to the extent where it's, you know bad because like i said iron man there's really nothing good in iron man 3 uh but he in a way does steal the movie and and there were two villains you know after they did the green goblin in the first spider-man movie i thought to myself i want to see doc ock and i want to see mysterio and it's taken this long for me to get mysterio who's one of my favorite spider-man villains and they've finally done it and despite the fact that in neither the first half or the second half of the movie is you really portraying a mysterio from the comics I still was happier with him than I have been with a Marvel villain in a long time, you know, excluding Thanos, who's maybe a hero. Let's just say it. Um, I wanted to bring this up to you, too. Uh, you know, Bruce Campbell, he has the cameos in all the Sam Raimi movies. I just found out today that in the um, the unmade Spider-Man 4 that Sam Raimi and Tobey Maguire were going to do, Bruce Campbell was going to have another cameo as, again, another separate character. And then it was going to be revealed at the end as the setup for Spider-Man, their Spider-Man 5 
that Bruce Campbell was Mysterio the whole time, <laughs> just assuming these different identities. I'm like, man, I, well, I wish we'd had that. Maybe there's still room to bring, you know, Bruce Campbell back as another Mysterio in another movie. I mean, stranger things have happened, maybe even in this Spider-Man movie, which we can't talk about. Well, yeah, I just want to try and just, all I want to say about the credits is that, like, stay for the credits. It still baffles yeah. me that people see Marvel movies and leave. Like, happened again this time around. Like, about 20 people got up and left as soon as the credits started rolling. I'm like, have you not seen a Marvel movie before? Like, what are you doing? And then even after the first one, a large portion left. And even Mallory was like, oh, should we go? And I'm like, no, I'm sure there's another one. Like, come on. Um, but, I mean... I mean, the second one is a throwaway, in all fairness. Well, it's kind of fun, though, because, like, it does... I think the second one explains a lot of things that are almost plot holes in this movie. Because, like, I don't know if yeah. you were sort of watching this movie going, hang on, that doesn't make any sense. Like, what? Um, yeah. But then that kind of does explain. It's like, oh, okay. Like, it's a bit of fun. But that... Okay, that In first... In comparison, though, to the first one. Yeah, yeah, true. There were there were two moments where I had, like, out-of-my-seat reactions in this movie. The first one, my opening line, when he, like, there's a joke, they start playing ACDC, and then uh, he's basically, <laughs> I love Led Zeppelin! This guy next to me as well, both were, like, laughed out loud. I just thought it was so funny. Um, but, like, when that, the first credits thing happens and some somebody appears... I lost it. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, it was just, I know. Was just, I so wanted to message you and say, like, you have to wait. And like, But I didn't even want to give you that anticipation. I just wanted you to go into that without having any... Because, like, this is something that's not being spoiled. This is something that you just don't expect. And it's incredible. Mm-hmm. It's so incredible. Yeah. No, and, uh, like, that first mid credit scene, I mean, really, Marvel's gotten to the point now where the post credit scene is just... It's like the 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 Steve Rogers Jim uh, video, mm. you know, uh, <laughs> where he's just going on talking, or the first Avengers, you know, sitting eating falafel or whatever it was they were doing. Um, those are just the throwaway scenes. The mid credit ones are the ones that set something up. Aside from that one big, you know, reveal that they have, which which gets everybody. I mean, that got applause when I saw it. Um, the second part is that it actually does set up the story in a way. I feel like. It's not that this movie ends on the wrong note, but that mid credit scene I think is so important to the plot of this movie and the potential setup to next sequel that I think it would have been great to actually – can you imagine if this movie ended like the credits roll after that scene plays mm. as opposed to it just being a mid credit scene? I think that would have been an even better way because it almost feels too big to just be a scene that's tacked on the credits. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Absolutely. And th- I mean, one thing, though, that's interesting, actually, the more I think about kind of the mid credit scene we got in Homecoming, not like the, you know, don't you wish you wait around and you feel disappointed, like not the Captain America one, but the yeah. um, when uh, uh, Michael Keaton vultures in jail and he meets that other guy. Um, yeah. you know, and it, like, cause to me, like I'm Marvel is a lot better at coming back to these things than DC are. And I defend the DCEU, mm-hmm. but I think we've had about five post credit DC scenes that nothing has come from them. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. still waiting to find out who that villain is at the end of justice league. Um, but <laughs> yeah, like, do you, do you think, I mean, they're going to come back to that, right? Surely. Like, cause I mean, you know, you Michael, mean the homecoming one or the homecoming, the far one. from home. Sorry, one. the homecoming one. Yeah. With like Michael Keaton. I mean, in I jail. hope so. Like that's got to be something. Yeah. I hope so. Um, although the direction they're going to go clearly in the next one, you know, I, I'm completely changing my thoughts on where these stories could go. Cause I think that was the most exciting thing. You know, you watch homecoming, you watch far from home, you get like, okay, they did, this is like a summer vacation thing, you know, like a bit of a road trip, but the movies felt so similar. 
And now I'm looking at that post-credit scene thinking like, okay, all bets are off for the next one. Like, who knows what's going to happen? But I don't see Marvel ever not tying it. And that's the other thing I want to compliment this movie for. They said that like Captain Marvel, when it came out, would be the movie that just ties all of the MCU movies together before Endgame. And then you watch it and like, it ties one thing in, one thing that could have been easily explained without it being in that movie, which was the Tesseract. The rest of the movie completely irrelevant to anything that happens in Endgame. This movie does the best job of not only setting up things for the future, but tying together past MCU movies than anything since The Winter Soldier. Like you remember that moment in The Winter Soldier where, you know, you get past characters that appear in other movies and you got the Hail Hydra thing. Mm-hmm. There's connections in this that they make where you're like, oh, that goes like all the way back to that movie and then this one. And yet at the same time, what I enjoyed about both this and Homecoming is that it feels more like a standalone movie. And I think one of my complaints with a lot of the more recent Marvel movies has been it's too connected to everything else that you don't get a solo movie anymore. I mean, we we didn't even really get a third Captain America movie. We got, you know, a mini Avengers movie. This 100% feels like a Spider-Man movie, and yet they found a way to make it more connected to everything that's happened before this than anything since The Winter Soldier. Mm, I'd agree with that. And it, it really sets us into a very interesting phase because – for the first time, if I'm not mistaken, we don't know what the next MCU movie is. And we've only got two next yeah. year as opposed to three. And I think they're very far apart, aren't they? Don't we have one not till like about June next year and it's then like, there's another one till November? In November. So, and I, we know that Black Widow is filming now, but which one of those will be? And plus, that's going to be a prequel. Mm. So, you know, like if Black Widow's the first one to come out, we're probably going to have to wait till November to find out where this franchise is going next, where Marvel's going next. And there's also moments in this movie where there's a lot of things people speculated on after Endgame where it almost ends up being a tease in this movie. You're like, oh, they're going to go there, they're going to go there. And then all of a sudden they sort of cut you off of the knees. You're like, oh, wait, that was just a tease. Like they're really keeping it very tight. Like we have no clue what's coming next. And I kind of like that. Like it's – it's unique because, again, we've, we've kind of known of almost two years in advance what we're going to expect. So, you know, this year we sort of knew, like, oh, Captain Marvel's going to do this and then Endgame and then we're going to get Spider-Man. So, but, like, I kind of almost like not knowing because it, it does make things a little bit interesting with the speculation. Obviously, now we've ended Phase 3. Phase 4 is going to be, you know, supposedly completely different, introducing us to a whole bunch of new people. We're still obviously going to have a Doctor Strange 2, a Guardians 3, a Black Panther 2, a Captain Marvel 2. You know, some of these are still going to get sequels. I hope we, I'm assuming we'll get an Ant-Man 3 because generally they've always said they like to give the characters a a trilogy at some point. So kind of hopefully that will happen as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be very interesting moving forward um, where where we go from here. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested... Very much. <laughs> I don't know. What I'm interested very much. Um, <laughs> some reason I went Indian then. Um, what are, What are we rating this movie? Are we buying it? Are we renting it? Are we bidding it? Well, before we do that, why don't we hear a quick word from uh, yes. the, the the guest? Colin I did had tell me to throw it this, and I clearly remembered. Yeah. <laughs> Introduce my it, Colin. Uh, Sorry. my nephew Rick. <laughs> Yeah, my nephew Rick, who's appeared on a couple episodes, particularly Spider-Man. Like, he's a big Spider-Man fan. You know, he appeared uh, in a segment on the Spider-Man Homecoming episode, and then he also was on the Infinity War episode. So he went to this with me. He, for the first time, bust pretty much across the city by himself to uh, see this movie with me, and he really wanted to record a segment and give his thoughts. 
Um, as scatterbrained as they are, we have to record this very quickly as he was waiting for his transportation to take him home. So let's go to this, and he'll maybe give us a review, but not really. All right, we've heard this next person on a couple of our episodes in the past. He did uh, segments with us for Spider-Man Homecoming, The Last Jedi, did full episodes for The Maze Runner, The Death Cure, and uh, Infinity War last year. Actually, I didn't do full for... I just did the segment for Death Cure. I didn't do the full episode. No, that was a full episode, because I had nobody else to record it with. But we're here... We just got out of Spider-Man Far From Home. I was going to call it Homecoming. Apparently, all these Spider-Man movies have to have the word home in the title. But uh, quick impressions. What did you think of Homecoming? It, do we Far From Home? Far From Home. Well, tell us what you <laughs> thought of Homecoming, too. Where are you in these years? Huh. Um, it's very interesting, and it's very fun, actually. The humor. It. John Watts does a really good job again. It just, it's really awesome and I love I loved Mysterio I loved everything about it and yeah now there's a twist about halfway through the movie which kind of changes everything that happens in the movie we can't really give away what that twist is or anything unless we do a spoiler review what? but we're not doing that right now because your bus is coming in a couple of minutes <laughs> it's hot outside and I want to get in my air conditioned car but uh, the twist did, were you enjoying it before the twist happened did you think the twist took the story in a completely different direction would it's, you rather they done something different uh, actually I would rather if they they I, I don't know I like I like very the, indecisive you I know a, I like the twi- I actually like the twist but um, yeah it's real. I don't know what to say. I was like speechless, like surprised, like well, how could they do that? And yeah, I really liked it. And I think I see a bus down there, so we probably only have another minute. But the big thing I think that most people are going to be talking about is the post-credit scene. Uh, it's going to set up where the movie's going to go in the next couple movies, <laughs> maybe <laughs> potentially. So, uh, are you a fan of this? You got about thirty seconds to answer. Um, yes, I am a fan of this. I can't, I can't wait. You're going to buy this movie, rent it, or bin it. I'm going to do all of the above. You're going to rent... So you're... <laughs> buy it, right? All of the above. I'll do all of the above. All right. So you're very happy with it, sort of happy and not happy all at the same time. Cool. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't... <laughs> <laughs> the main streets of Winnipeg changed that boy when he caught that bus. <laughs> he was an innocent boy before He got then. on the... He got on the bo- bus a boy. He left a man. <laughs> um, awesome. All right. So, uh, buying, renting, and binning it. Or did we hear that in that audio? I, um, <laughs> <laughs> I listened to it, I swear. Yeah. Um, well, we didn't really get an answer out of him. Um, I'm still kind of debating on mine. I mean, I, I will buy this movie, but... Uh, it's just I feel like in comparison to the first one, it just doesn't compare. And I think I don't even know what all our rankings were for the original. I feel like the the one that I rented was Amazing Spider-Man Two, and I probably been Spider-Man Three, but I may have rented it. The others I all bought, and I, I kind of stand by that. Like I feel like of the good Spider-Man movies, this would be the bottom one. It's probably not must see enough to make it a buy for me. So I'm gonna go with like a very very respectable rent, but. I still really enjoyed this movie and, you know, put it up there as maybe only three movies I've enjoyed all year. I would be pretty much exactly the same as you. I sort of turned to Mallory and I said, like, yeah, I reckon that's just a, a solid rent. And she was kind of like, yeah, no, I'd agree with you. I think she, Mallory kind of liked it a little bit less than I did. But, um, yeah, like, 
it just I didn't walk out of it thinking like, holy crap, that was incredible. So yeah, and just looking at our previous ratings, so we both bought Homecoming. Um, the Sam Raimi ones. Uh, we bought the first two. I rented three. You bin three. And um, oh, good for you, Colin. <laughs> an amazing Spider-Man. I binned the second, rented the first. You bought the first, rented the second. So mm-hmm. there you go. And just like quickly, um, on this summer season, whatever. Really, I think we've only got one more. The Lion King. Um, <laughs> um, I'm not sure about uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm debating about going to see that or not. I, I, I might. Um, sort of not one that yeah. I'm 100% into going to see, but I do like Quentin Tarantino. Um, and maybe we'll talk a little bit more about this in The Lion King, but it really has been a pretty rubbish year, hasn't it? I mean, oh, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen Toy Story 4 yet, um, but no. again, solid movie until the final, like the ending, which just ruined the entire trilogy coming before that. Um I mean, really, I'm just thinking about, you know, outside of, like, Endgame and Shazam, um, I really enjoyed Rocket Man. <laughs> I, I'm forgetting John Wick Chapter 3. I like that one a lot. Yeah, but Aladdin, just your stock standard Disney film, you know, like live Godzilla, action. God, oh, Godzilla. Like Godzilla entertaining. Godzilla but entertaining. Like, yeah. You know, nothing groundbreaking. Yep. Uh, Men in Black International rubbish. Um, oh, what else have we seen? Uh, a lot. There's been a very busy movies this year, <laughs> but nothing has really gone well. So, <laughs> Lion King! Yay! All your hopes end on that. Oh. oh, there's still a chance for Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, my God. Every time that trailer comes on, I laugh. I just laugh like that looks so bad. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, and I said to Mallory, because Mallory's like, oh, that looks awesome. And I'm like, what? Like, this movie franchise That's... is about car racing. Now they're like, Chasing They're helicopters and pulling them up over a cliff. And you've got Idris Elba with superpowers. <laughs> what happened? I just don't. Like, I expect the Jurassic World franchise in like eight years' time to be about street racing. They just come full circle. Like, yeah. <laughs> got a Raptor driving a hotted up Subaru versus a T Rex in a Honda or something. Can, like we, can we just make a point to see Hobbs and Shaw one way or the other oh. just so we can make fun of it? I think one of the funniest um, everything wrong with videos I ever saw was the last Fast and Furious one because the guy just obviously absolutely hates it and it just got to the point where he's like, oh my God, too much wrong with this movie. Gonna explode. And I think like he just put like sin counted <laughs> infinity because <laughs> it was just like so bad. Um, I just, I just, oh, how have those movies made so much money? People are stupid. You know what? <laughs> I mean, I'll comment a bit on this. I saw the first Fast and Furious movie, loved it. Uh, still love the first Fast and Furious movie. Have not enjoyed any of the movies since then. Yet I kept watching them. Every time one came out, I was like, ah, I'm curious to see what this... They do something to get me interested each time. You know, sometimes just adding Jason Statham or adding The Rock. Or with the last one, I'm like, well, this actually looks like a good story. I got through the first seven movies and didn't like any of the sequels. I could not get 20 minutes into the last Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> And this trailer actually had, they played it before this movie, and it actually turned to my nephew, and I'm like, I think I just threw it up. Like, <laughs> it looks that bad. I think the only one I saw was the second one, because, like, all jokes aside about Lizzie McGuire movie, the only reason I saw it is because that's when I worked at the cinema and we got all the movies for free. So, like, that was on. Uh, and then so was Too Fast, Too Furious. Um, and I remember leaving going, hmm. Yeah, like, that's, <laughs> you know, I don't know. What... You know what would make this better? Superpowers. 
Uh, just turn it into the Lizzie McGuire movie. That's all they need to do. That's that's yeah. the that's the answer to everything. <laughs> but uh, as always, we're we back. We've got um plenty of TV ones coming your way. Lost and Third Watch. Uh, are you bringing back random rewatches, or are they what's happening there? They, yeah, we have something. When it's coming back, we don't know because we're going to be doing some Amazing Race Canada this summer. Um, but we have uh, a random rewatch month, a very exciting random rewatch month planned for September. That uh, something that uh, I think even you are going to be pretty excited about. Lizzie McGuire, Lizzie McGuire, Lizzie McGuire, Lizzie McGuire. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, our DC Live Action Month continues this week. I believe we are up to the Jungle Book. Uh, so get excited for that. Uh, our flashback Fridays, uh, Survivor fans currently, I believe the vote is between Earl and Fabio for this week's uh, episode. And, uh, our next spoiler free review, as we said, should be for the Lion King. <laughs> How's that only two weeks away? Jesus Christ. I thought this movie was coming out forever. Now it's just almost here. I don't want to see it. Um, but basically after that, we don't have to see anything, do we, until Terminator. So we should be fine after that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, uh, all the relevant channels, Instagram, leave us some feedback. We really, really, really would appreciate it. And thank you for tuning into this episode. My name is Ben, and bitch, please, you've been to space. And my name is Colin, and why do you take pictures of people in the bathroom? Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.